Coming to you live from the Cowboys headquarters in Frisco, deep in the heart of Texas, it's the star at night. Wow, dramatic much? Why are you getting in the way of my intro? You mean our intro? We're your hosts. I'm Kelsey Charles. And I'm David Hellman. Okay, let's just start this show now. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friends. <laughs> We've come to sit with you again. Pretty good. Thank you. Wow. Kelsey, we've never been here in this studio after a playoff loss, but I can't help but feel like we've been here a few times before. Yeah, it does feel a little repetitive at this point. A little bit of deja vu in the Cowboys headquarters in Cowboy World. Hi there. Welcome to the Star at Night. Cowboys bounced out of the playoffs, if you haven't heard, by the San Francisco 49ers by a score of 23 to 17. I just, um, I think I believed, man. Yeah, I think I did too. I think I did. I think I did. It's, I, I tweeted this, and I mean this. It stinks when you feel like you have all the pieces and you still can't seem to get the job done. And for all intents and purposes, it really did feel like this Cowboys team had all the pieces, but it obviously did not quite add up come Sunday. Let's dive in. Let's, you want to you wanna look at why? Do you want to yeah. dissect this? All right. I, I would love to. I think let's talk about the penalties first. I mean, it was a little rough. They couldn't get out of their own way. 14 penalties for 89 penalty yards. That in itself is a bit of a tragedy. You talk about repetitive. Like, if we're talking about deja vu, how many times this season, particularly at AT&T Stadium, where you're supposed to play cleaner, no crowd noise, that type of thing. Yep. Ugly. It was ugly. Ugly. They never adjusted to it. Like, from Thanksgiving on, I'm sorry if you feel like the refs are against you, but at some point, it's on you to adjust and change the way you play. It's really frustrating that they never did that. I think Connor Williams was moved around a little bit this season because of penalties, and then he finally got back in the mix, and then it just felt like, again, you know, he wasn't the only one by any means. Every time a Dallas Cowboy was running through green grass or turf, you're just looking for the flag. Yeah. And every time, it was there. Yeah. It was waiting on the turf. Well, what wasn't there was this Cowboys offense, which is supposed to be number one in the league. They only managed to score seven points in three quarters so what happened what what didn't happen what I'll tell you what didn't happen the offensive line didn't block anyone five sacks on the day countless pressures you know Nick Bosa didn't play half of this game yeah uh Dak Prescott I understand was pressured badly all afternoon didn't make didn't make many plays like for the for the contract size and all that stuff. I get it. You need protection. You need help from the guys around you. Some of the onus is on you to lift your team up. A costly red zone interception that sets up the only 49ers score of the second half. It's not, not good. It's not good, man. Okay, so um, it's not much better on the defensive front, which. You know, this defense has been touted as one of the main reasons why this Cowboys team has been able to stay within games and honestly win games. They, okay, was that, this game, this might as well have been the Cardinal game all over again. Like it's a red team, there's flags everywhere, <laughs> they can't get to the opposing quarterback and the defense got hung out to dry, in my opinion. Like, could they have played a better game? Sure, they didn't get any sacks on Jimmy Garoppolo, but they got a takeaway. They sparked some momentum in the second half. 
The first quarter was rough, which has been a theme for them all year. They played well enough to win. 23 points? Really? You think so? 23 points in, I a, mean, in, in, in a home game? Sure. Yes. All right. They, I think they played well enough to win. They didn't play great. I thought they played well what enough What about the 341 all-purpose yards that they allowed? Yeah, like I said, it wasn't their best game of the year. The 49ers scored 23 points. Anthony Brown gets a second-half takeaway. Sure, Jimmy Garoppolo is a big part of that. Like, it was a terrible throw. They still made the play. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, penalties wiped out some big plays. They couldn't get off the field on third down. I get that. But when you're looking at, like, the two facets of this game, who's more to blame? I mean, definitely the offense. Boom, roasted, yeah. done. Okay, so uh, wrap it up and tie it in a bow for me really quickly. Give me a summary of how you would describe, hey, let's just say the season and then that game. Um, we had high expectations, and now we enter the big sad once again. Oh, That's okay. how I feel about the season and the game. Well, um, we are going to go ahead and dive into the big sad a little bit more. Some guys are feeling some of this big sadness. These two right here, we're going to talk about them and what it means for them. Coming up next. Cowboys Star at Night is brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, the official sporting goods retailer of the Dallas Cowboys, AT&T, and by Favor, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. Nobody does sports like Sports Day. You're home for complete Dallas Cowboys coverage. Welcome back to the Star at Night. She's Kelsey. I'm Dave. Kelsey, moving past, or at least trying to move past the disappointment of the game itself, it's a weird weekend week, I should say, to be at the Star. Always. It, well, I mean, okay, you're not wrong, but like, just the vibe after a season ends is always weird, particularly in a week like this. People are frustrated with the head coach. The coordinators are both off interviewing for jobs. It's just, it's a weird time to be around, which it leads to like a lot of questions and speculation about what the next few weeks could hold. Yeah, I mean, I never get used to when the off season hits. I mean, it's just a weird, yeah. weird time. And there's like a lot of going on, a lot is going on, excuse me, but there's also nothing going on. So it's just very strange. Which, so speaking of strange, Cowboys go 12-5, and five, win the NFC make the playoffs, and they're fielding questions about the job security of their head coach. Let's hear it from Stephen Jones. I don't know what you can say, what you want to say, but are you of the belief or are you confident that Mike McCarthy will continue to lead this team next season? Absolutely, very confident. Not a very long answer <laughs> at all, but a firm answer. Yes. But again, like, honestly, there's always something uniquely weird about these situations. Like, this isn't the first time the Cowboys have been in this position after a season, but it is interesting. Both of their main coordinators could be moving on this year. They're both interviewing for jobs. I think the reason you ask that question to Stephen Jones is because there's speculation out there, especially the way the season ended. Do you try to keep a Dan Quinn or a Kellen Moore here by offering them the head coaching job? Like, I don't know how realistic that is, but yeah. I know it's a talking point. I, I think it's definitely a talking point, but also I think it's unrealistic to think that you can bring a head coach in after two seasons, have them just completely perform and go to the highest level possible. I think that's worth keeping in mind. On the flip side, I think it's also worth noting that, you know, listen, Dak is one and three in the postseason. McCarthy hasn't been there for five years. So 
while I always like to say that you really do need to add color commentary to the stat lines, I do think that's a pretty sobering statistic, and it's worth mentioning, especially when you think about the level of pay that you know Dak's receiving. And granted, it was market value, but still, he got paid nonetheless. And then Mike McCarthy's being asked to win a championship, and yet here we are. Somebody pointed out to me, uh, maybe you've seen the stat. My guy Joe Burrow has the same number of playoff wins as Dak. Not I mean. Great. Maybe it's not fair, maybe it is. These are the types of things that get said in the wake of a disappointing season. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a weird few weeks until we figure out what the future looks like with these coordinators, whether these guys are going to leave, what jobs they're going to take. And like I said, it's just, it's eerily quiet from the Cowboys front office, and I think it will be until they have a better lay of the land. Do you have any idea what you think is going to happen in terms of who's going to be retained, who will go, or do you have any gut feelings, if you will? I think Dan Quinn's gone. He has to. I think he did such a good job with this defense. There's so many teams coming after him. I think last time I checked, he's got five interviews lined up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that seems unrealistic. Kellen Moore is interesting to me. He's got interviews, but not the greatest final impression, right? Uh, 17 points in a home playoff game. I'm interested to see how that affects his future, but plenty more to sort out as the offseason gets underway. Until then, we will be talking in more detail about Dan Quinn and what next season might look like. This segment was brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. Nobody does sports like Sports Day. Your home for complete Dallas Cowboys coverage. This segment is brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, official sporting goods retailer of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, David, so we discuss I don't like coordinators. it when you call me David. I know, it is a little weird. It's too formal. <laughs> well, there are some formalities being had this week because the two coordinators for the Dallas Cowboys are interviewing. We're going to go ahead and take a list of where they are suiting up and having discussions. Dan Quinn's got five Sounds like the Denver Broncos are favoriting him. He might be the one they really have their eye on. Kellen Moore, yep, he's got a whole list too. You got some crossover there as well. Um, David. Yeah, can we talk about, I think the report I saw was that Kellen and Dan are interviewing for the Broncos job on the same day. That's hilarious. Like, do, do you remember Dan supposedly helped Kellen get ready for his Jacksonville interview <laughs> back during the season? Like, do you think Dan is helping Kellen interview for a job that he's interviewing for. Like, I mean, whoa, 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 kiddo. Maybe, maybe for the job that I didn't want, but I ain't helping you today. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy to see so much crossover, but do you feel like it's kind of like part of the process or are you thinking just? I, I, I'm sure it has happened, but I cannot remember. I don't think I've ever covered a team where both of the coordinators were highly sought after yeah. in the same hiring cycle. This, it feels unique to me, maybe not I'm sure I'm sure the Patriots have had this happen with all the Super Bowl runs that they've been on, but it's new to me. Okay, so <laughs> aside from the Dan Quinn first, there's been a lot of speculation. But this hasn't just started now. We talked about what he's been able to do with this defense despite, you know, the season not ending up as they would have hoped. But listen, let's face it, he's a players coach. They're really I just feel like a lot of these guys buy into what he's selling and I think he's a very viable head coaching candidate. So do you think that Dan Quinn, realistically speaking, stays in Dallas, or are you like, listen, I mean, there's so many teams that could use him, and he's he's gone? The only way he's still here next year is if he means what he said, that he just loved having this job. I mean, he has been a head coach 
it can kind of suck when it doesn't go the right way. Maybe he does enjoy just focusing on a defense and coaching talented guys like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. I doubt it. I do too. I doubt it because guess what? There's plenty of defenses across this league with plenty of talent for him to coach. And at the end of the day, these guys want a shot to prove themselves on the biggest stage. McCarthy took a year off and, and took used that as a catapult back into the league. Dan Quinn's done the same thing by revitalizing this Dallas defense. I just, I doubt he lets that opportunity. Start. I hate how much I agree with that statement, but good for him. He does deserve the opportunity. So, um, okay, so let's move on to Kellen Moore then. Uh, this one to me is the most curious because this is tricky. This is a roller coaster ride of a head coaching. I, I feel like for him, the track was pretty clear. Everyone's like, oh, he's the head coach in waiting, right? And like, we, we can't let him be stolen. And last year, everyone said he's going to go to Boise. And now, People are trying to get rid of him, at least on Twitter, right? Like well, the Twitter GMs hate Kellen Moore these days. I'm laughing a little bit because we've definitely done a segment on this show back in October that was like, oh my God, Jerry, how are you going to keep Kellen Moore? Keep him at all costs. And now the same fans are like, Kellen, take a job, please. Go interview somewhere and take it and don't come back. Like that's just the reality of this business. Like you're as good as your last game. Unfortunately for Kellen Moore, the offense has been up and down for about nine games. I, I'm curious to see, like, has the offensive performance in the second half of the season been good enough to merit a head coaching opportunity? If I'm being honest, I don't know if it has. Yeah. And so if you're making me bet on it right now, I won't be surprised if Kellen Moore is back for a fourth go around here in Dallas. But Interesting things to keep an eye on. Hey, that's what job interviews are all about, though. He could go in and blow somebody away, and this is all a moot point. We'll just have to wait and see. All right, well, he might not be the only one who will not be in Dallas next year, potentially. There's a whole list of guys who may or may not wear a star in their helmet next season. We're going to discuss those coming up next. This segment is brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, official sporting goods retailer of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, David, so we all know my favorite number is 22. Well, I'm not so sure it's my favorite anymore. I actually did know that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah um, because quite frankly, there's a lot of guys that are coming up on free agency, and there's a 22-strong <sighs> list. Let's dive into the offensive guys first. There's some notable ones. We've talked about Michael Gallup. Uh, Cedric Wilson had himself a nice little season. Hey, uh, Brian Inger, I mean, Dalton Schultz. It just feels like it's significant. I mean, with all due respect to all of these guys, this is life in the NFL. A third of your roster is going to turn over every year. Some years it's going to be tougher than normal. But, yeah, they've got at least two or three of these guys. I mean, Gallup, Schultz, and Cedric jump out. Don't I mean, Brian Anger, do not sleep on what he meant to this team. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's dive into the defense real quickly then, too, because the list is, oh, it's even, oh, it's longer. even longer. Talk to me. Randy! Baby, come back. Randy, don't leave us. Literally, I will be so sad. You guys. You can blame it all I, on me. I might even eat some. I will eat Runza if Randy stays. I'm going to tell him you said that. Literally that. Cornhusker, though he is. Yes. Yeah, Randy is a big one. Looking, I mean, Jaron Curse, obviously a breakout star for this defense. Demonte Casey started the whole season. Yep. Leighton Van Der Esch, former first-round pick, probably played his best game of the year against San Francisco. Maybe that's enough to get him a new contract here in town. But, yeah, I mean. Right, the list goes on and on. I mean, Carlos Watkins was a sneaky big contributor to that defense. Sure. 
like I said, this is life in the NFL. You're going you're gonna to face these problems every single year. I mean, it was Dak Prescott at one point in time. It was Amari Cooper at one point in time. Like, these things happen. Um, so, okay. yeah. Well, um, let's dive in then because I want to get your take on which one of these guys you think are more likely to return to the team. So we, you touched on it. One of the biggest ones that you can start out with is Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup, and Dalton Schultz. I mean, listen, they've all had solid seasons. We knew Gallup that he had a lot of injuries, but nonetheless, he was a contributor. So what do you feel like who's most likely to return? Dalton Schultz is going to be a hard guy to keep. Um, honestly, it, if, I, if I'm going most likely, I, I would probably say Michael Gallup, and I hate to, I hate that he's injured, but the injury maybe affects his market yeah. enough. Maybe he's willing to sign uh, for a smaller deal, fewer years, fewer dollars, kind of a prove-it deal to get back on track. Maybe he wants to do his rehab here. Britt Brown does a fantastic job with the rehab program. He's helped so many guys back from injury. Uh, so I would say Gallup, Dalton Schultz, I'm not sure how you keep him without a franchise tag, just based on what he's done the last two years. Impressive. I think he's going to get a bag this offseason. So happy for him. He's lovely, and uh, we love his wife, too. Okay, so let's talk about the safety position in here for a minute. This has always been a point of contention for Cowboys defense, because it feels like this team does not value the safety position. They finally found one. Wow. So you finally find a guy. You've got Curse. You've got KZ. You also have Throwing Hooker. Hooker, yeah. I mean, between the three of them, it's a little bit of a, it's a decent, solid lineup. But this is this is what's frustrating. And like, I get it. The season ends, and you want to get right into like fixing the team to make another run. These are hard things to answer until you know who your defensive coordinator is. Like, we don't know, we don't think Dan Quinn will be back next year. The scheme could change. You could have a whole new coaching staff in here with a completely different idea of the guys they like. J. Ron Curse, shoot, if I was J. Ron Curse, I would be like, hey, Dan, remember how you revitalized my career and turned me into a potential pro bowler? Yeah. I would like to go where you're going. That's what I would do if I were J. Ron Curse. Not bad. So these are just things that we're going to have to kind of wait and see on. But all three of those guys are players that I would like to have back, for okay, sure. Okay, so let's stay on the defense here for a minute, too, because we mentioned Gregory. So Gregory, uh, we also have LVE, and then Keanu Neal. So between those three guys, who, A, are you hoping to keep, and who do you think's most likely? I just, and I mean, first of all, Randy, get the bag, dude. Like, it, by any means necessary, get the bag with everything that you've been through. Mm -hmm. But again, like, it, this is such a long and complicated story. The Cowboys and Randy Gregory, going all the way back to the spring of 15, the Cowboys have stuck by his side. Against all odds, he has resurfaced to be a very productive player for them. I just, I just want it to work out for both sides. I do too. Like, I just, I don't, I'm not a big believer in the hometown discount, but with all of this common history between those two sides, maybe this is a situation where you come to an agreement because of the history that you share. I just, I would really like to see that. Happen. I'd love to manifest that for yeah, all of us because I, agree. I too want Randy to get the bag, but I also want him to get the bag here in yeah. Dally, please and thank you. Okay, so um, uh, there's another game that uh, we've been playing all season. We might as well just pile <laughs> disappointment on to the end of the show. We're gonna go ahead and discuss the final standings of Under Review coming up next, guys. Cowboys Star at Night was brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, the official sporting goods retailer of the Dallas Cowboys. AT&T, 
and by NFL Game Pass. You'll never miss a game again. Enjoy full and condensed game replays from week one to the Super Bowl. Macbeth is in the news cycle right now. Uh, there's a move. There's a Macbeth adaptation playing right now. That's really all I know about it. But I, Where are you I, going with this? I thought it was fitting because we played this game all year. And it was really just a tale told by an idiot, <laughs> full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Like we just, we talked about this and bragged about this for 17 weeks and we all sucked at it. Yeah. We all sucked at predicting these games, just like we sucked at predicting where this team was gonna go. How do you feel, Kels? I just really feel like- Bringing up the rear? Yeah. You know what, I'm, yeah. not, even, I'm not even gonna- baby, baby got back, okay? I'm not even gonna make fun of you because look, like, <laughs> I tied with the dumb fans who I've been making fun of all year, and we both finished with losing records. Like, I would actually kind of give him the edge because technically, since this is your job, I feel like you should be better at this, but here we are. That's a fair point. This yeah. is, like I said, sound and fury signifying nothing. Like, much like the Cowboys season, it was a lot of talk and expectation throughout the year, and we're sitting here in January not feeling great about ourselves. Well. Just it's not, it's, not a, it's not a pleasant taste, which I said I would eat a bar of soap last week. I'm not doing that because I wasn't wrong about that. I don't know if you were, though. I might as well, I might as well have. Like, yeah. I might as well because that's how I feel right now. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this season. We do appreciate it. For David Helpman, Kelsey Charles, this has been the start night. We'll see you guys on the Internet, though. Goodbye to TV.